It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Okay, so it's been a while since we have talked about some of these kind of topics. So I, I want to do a podcast where we kind of refresh this. The idea here is to kind of hit on millennial sentiment on church. It is as we're recording here, and um, of course there's tons of articles and stuff out about millennials and, and religion and so forth and so on. And so I thought I thought we'd cover a bunch of things from church hopping to to millennials tithing, tipping, or not tithing and tipping, to church membership, Bible studies, and just like, what is the next generation looking for in church? So thank you guys for kind of coming and, and talking through some of this stuff with me. Got Caitlin Tinney here. Last time we did a podcast, you were McCoy. Yes. Has it been that long? It has been that long. <laughs> Man. Been married since. <laughs> yeah. And, and your husband, uh, my right-hand man, Zach, was supposed to be here, but yes. decided uh, he... Wanted to go audit a theological seminary class with a bunch of people that are old and dying. Yeah, so you get a so, better half. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> so kidding. no, no, you were you were you were here no matter what. Spencer, Spencer King, my man. First time we we've uh, ever done this. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm used to podcasting though. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. Okay, I'm ready to get into it. All right, well let's do it. So millennial sentiment on church in 2018. Um, I haven't seen an article on church hopping in a while, but when I think of millennials in church, I think that no one stays put more than two weeks at a time. Uh, like church hopping is alive and well. I'm wondering, you know, is this is this a continued fad that we've seen for the last 10 years or is it the future of church? What are y'all's thoughts? Well, I mean, so my husband and I are currently, I guess we fit in that category of church hoppers slash church shopping. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> and, and like define that. You're So what age? You and your husband uh, 27, are? 27, 32. 27 and 32. So yeah. millennials. Yeah. Mature millennials, but millennials nonetheless. Yes. Okay. That mature side. Yeah. yeah. No, so my husband and I both worked for a church for several years. And then when we got married, we kind of pulled back, took a step down. Obviously, preparing a wedding takes a lot of work. So... Yeah, there was not a lot of free weekends there, but since then, oh, go ahead. So, so since then, no, yeah. I mean, how many churches have you, in the yeah. last year, <laughs> how many Sunday services have you sat in? Probably 10 at least. 10, okay, that's yeah. not bad. At least, not yeah. Bad at all. I, I think that defines a hop, wouldn't you yeah. say? Yeah. And I would say the other, yeah. ha that's honestly, though, not representing the amount of Sundays that we also just did not go to church altogether, mm -hmm. okay. <laughs> if okay. I'm being honest. Okay. But, okay, yeah, what, what keeps you moving? Uh, and which, what do you mean? What keeps this church to church to church. Uh, well, I mean, honestly, I was thinking about this earlier when I was prepping for this, there's just a lot of great churches in the mm -hmm. city of Austin. Mm -hmm. And, and so when my husband and I sit down and we talk about like, that was the first step of like, okay, we're going to start plugging into a church now. What's something that we want and discovering between as a new couple, you know, what's something we want in a church and a church congregation and community and teaching and pastoral staff, all that kind of stuff. There's just so many great churches. And mm -hmm. so I think that's honest. I think that's a positive thing with the church hopping on this on that side. It's not a bad thing. I just think there's so many great churches, so many great teaching, so many great pastoring, so many different ways of doing church. Okay, so Spencer is an official millennial. Yeah. Where do you land on this topic? How long have you been at your church? Oh, man, only, I, well, I haven't been to Texas that long. 
Um, but I've been in my church for probably a little over a year now. Okay. And before that? Um, I was church hopping. <laughs> I was definitely shopping. Uh, I went to uh, a few churches, a few denominations I've never been to before. Tried that out. So that's that's a couple of questions I have for you. Hopefully okay. I'm not jumping ahead. But no, I have no, no. Questions. Shoot. So what to you? What what defines church hopping? Is that just is it shopping? Or um, another question I have mm-hmm. is is it is it a, like a theological disagreement? Um, so you go, you disagree, and then you move on. Uh, you know, I don't know. There are folks like that. Okay, there's sure. church shoppers. There's church hoppers, and then there's those that are unhappy no matter where they go. They're going to find something wrong everywhere, Absolutely. right? So when we talk about hoppers, we're talking mm-hmm. about those that don't really want to commit to a church. They kind of follow the sentiment I think Caitlin put very well, which is, you know, there's so many great places to be and plug in. Mm-hmm. I'm not into committing to one place, you know what I mean? Sure. This isn't a pair of jeans that I'm going to try on and want to wear for the next 10 years. I want multiple pairs of jeans, mm-hmm. right? And where do you what do you think? Is this a is this is this more the future of church when you think of millennials and the upcoming coming Gen Z? Do you do we see this continuing, or do you think at some point a generation is going to start to commit to to being in one place for longer periods of time? It's funny that you mentioned the word commitment because one of the things that I think our generation has a difficult thing with is commitment period Mm -hmm. (laughs) commitment issues people are waiting longer now to get married and Mm -hmm. you know whatever there's many different reasons why but I think that's part of the whole church hopping thing and I'm not gonna lie I can honestly say my husband and I struggle with this of like when you've worked at it somewhere for so long every Sunday every Wednesday consistently for years Mm -hmm. that commitment thing like all the things start coming up and so I think Mm -hmm. commitment actually plays a big role and the whole church hopping. I don't know. What do you think? No, absolutely. And uh, another thing that I, I wanted to point out here that I, that I had a question about is, I think, just like you said, I think our generation is very consumeristic as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we find things that we really gravitate toward, that we really enjoy, uh, that might be at one church but not at the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that I think that can cause um, church hopping uh, as well. So, for instance, you might really just enjoy the worship at one place, but the, te- the teaching is really bad. Yeah. Um, that was actually my experience when I was church hopping. I did not stick at one of this place, one of the places that made me have the mentality of I'm going to keep shopping because I just really just did not enjoy the teaching. Um, mm-hmm. Felt very elementary, which again I'm kind of like I like to be challenged. Um, so, so to to me, what you're pointing out is one reason why I think this is the future and not just a fad, right? Mm-hmm. The, the future of church is going to have a more mobile body. A mobile body that is, is saying, hey, when it comes to teaching and preaching, I, I love this guy and I get it here. When it comes to music and worship, I love this group and I get it here. When it comes to community, I love this group and I get it here. When it comes to outreach, I, come, I love this yeah. and I get it there. And so it, as, as we see with Gen Z and millennials, we're in a global world now. Mm-hmm. People are thinking big picture. So to, to be boxed in to a local body, which has traditionally said you – live here, give here, eat here, breathe here, tithe here, die here, mm-hmm. that is stifling I agree. To, to a generation. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the things that, that churches have to wrestle with, and we'll move on to a different point here, is that, is, is that hey, you're, you're going to have to figure that out. If you're, you know, mom and pop, small Baptist church somewhere, or Methodist church, or whatever, non-denominational church, average church is like 100 members, Mm-hmm. You know, and you're wanting to go after a younger crowd. You got to remember that younger crowd is thinking globally. Yeah. Is your church thinking globally? 
helpful. And I think millennials too are, while some pastoring staff may like really struggle with this and get frustrated with the millennial generation, I also think we're helping some of those churches because we're challenging them to think outside the box. I think a lot of millennials say the standard traditional Sunday morning come in and you just off the cuss give a lesson or whatever for an hour and a half we're saying we're not we're not going to be a part of that like we're we we want to be challenged and we're i think that also challenges the traditional way that we look at church yep and churches are going to have to make changes or they're going to be left behind in that sense of the millennial age gap yeah i i would agree with that i would say you know when we're looking at when a church is looking at okay how do we reach out to a younger generation which is the question that's Almost everywhere, unless you are uh, a larger church, mega church, in which by default, honestly, you have young people there because they're looking to hook up, right? And and so and so it's not so much the band and the pastor and all that kind of stuff as it is. Hey, there are all there are good-looking people I get along with at this at this yeah. church, and that's that's the major draw. Yeah. So so it's not the Bible studies. It's it's not a lot of things that we think it is. Um, and so, you know, a church is wrestling with how do I draw in this next generation? But in the back of the mind, they're thinking, but this this is a black hole. Because what is, what is a millennial or a Gen Zer going to provide back to this church? If they're not going to commit and they're not going to serve and invest in the body, even though we're investing in them, they're not tithing, which reports are coming out now that millennials are the worst tippers. So if they're not tipping... Yeah. I seriously doubt they're tithing. You guys correct me if I'm wrong. No. I mean, what does a church do? I mean, what's the motivation here to, to, to really invest in, in bringing in young people? I know I don't want to stray too much from the original topic, but, but I think the, this is important for churches to wrestle with and, and for young people to wrestle with when we think of uh, the sentiment millennials have on church today and why they're, not, why they're not sticking. I think they feel a lot of these things. I think mm-hmm. they're... I think I think they're getting drawn in by a church that's wanting something back from them, and they're not willing to give it, and they feel it, they know it, and uh, they feel maybe pressured to serve or do something, and they don't want to, and so they don't they don't stick. I, I think know. I think just like the I, I mean we're we're still I think on the cusp of Generation Y, right? And then, yeah. so we're asking questions, and I think we're our generation is demanding answers to those questions and legit yeah. answers. Uh, right. I think I think our generation needs to be. We need to see the proof. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that our generation, um, we do want to serve and we do want to invest, but we need to know why and it needs to click and make sense mm-hmm. to us. Um, now, now, what kind of proof are we talking about here? Because uh, are we talking about, you know, the why is the church will tell you, well, it's Jesus. It's the Great Commission, right? It, what, do, what do you feel like, what are we looking for? What are millennials looking for beyond that? What's going to make a millennial commit to a ter- church? Well, I think you see this uprising in, you know, almost demanding more. And you see this generation that says, at the same time, as much as I'm equally done with politics and with big government, and I'm tired of you feeding me all this crap and no results, no evidence, no nothing. I think sometimes that also goes hand in hand with the church as well. Mm. They're just tired of saying, you know, the church is love, the church is grace, the church is all accepting. But they're seeing in so many different ways how the church is not providing what you know scripture would say you know mm-hmm. saying you know your people don't necessarily look or act like this and so i think at the same time they're pulling back and they're saying and 
think that's where you're saying, you know, mm -hmm. demanding proof yep. is you're saying, I want to see that this is actually worth it. Because right now, all I see is lip talk. All I see yep. is, you know, what a, a politician up on stage. But the moment that person comes down, I see a very different person. So mm -hmm. I think maybe that's what our gender, and that's for me, actually. My husband and I just got back from Colorado serving with... Um, uh, this church is actually here in Austin, take their youth group up there. But one of the main speakers, he was talking about how um, we have this cultural Christianity mm -hmm. um, where people, it sounds great. They want to follow this. But at the end mm -hmm. of the day, they're more in, in love with the idea of it than they actually are with living it out and seeing what it looks like. And so We want to be a part of something meaningful. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's really what it comes down to. Um, I, I, don't, I think that looks different for people, too. I don't think that's, that's not the same for everybody. Um, but I honestly think that the the biggest thing that us that I was looking for when I was church hopping and church shopping was community. Uh, I mean, I really think it's it's friends that I can connect with. It's pretty people. Mm -hmm. You can even say that I'm single guy. I don't care. Um, that that's one of the reasons why I you know I, I I wanted to meet as many people as I could. And then when I landed in a place where I felt really connected, that's where I stayed mm -hmm. um, and where I, I felt like I was doing meaningful work you know I, I immediately tapped mm -hmm. into the you know I, I play bass at, a, at, a, at my church I am involved in leadership I'm doing some administrative work volunteer work um, as far and, and yeah. have that community I think they go together so. right and so I'm hearing you both hit on two key things here when I think of what is the ideal church for Millennials and Gen Z mm -hmm. there's this feeling of being connected which I've heard you you both say Right, and the feeling of Spencer, the way you put it, meaningful work, mm -hmm. right, is is what is my role here? How am I involved? Why do I matter? Yep. And 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 so and and Spencer, you even started to go into how that how a church can specifically define that because one of the things that when Caitlin you were talking, I was hearing is I was, I was picturing you're you're talking about that feeling of connection with the person on stage or the leadership group or team mm -hmm. in a larger church. The visiting millennial will get no sit-down dinners, close-ups. You get to meet the pastor in a 101 class, something like that. But you're not going to be able to see behind the curtain to know what's really driving that pastor, his family. Yeah. Is it legit? Is it money? Is it what is it? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so so when you, when you look at one of the things that feel, helps a millennial feel connected, right, you're saying that, you know, I can do life Mm -hmm. with these people yeah. not with these with this leadership team mm -hmm. with this group of folks yeah. and i and i hear you echo that when you say hey from a you've only been at this church a year right, right? they usher you into some they they notice your gifts talent passion of some sort yep. and they usher you in closer now only a smaller church can probably come up with a way to do that uh, I think larger churches are going to have to get more creative, right? What's the what's the membership size of the church that you're at now? About 150, 200. Okay, so it's 150. A church plant. So yeah. a church plant 150, 200. You're talking about man, that could be the ideal environment for mm -hmm. for millennials. Smaller communities yeah. where you're known and your presence there matters. Yeah. Right, because you're contributing to right. something that's bigger than yourself. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. I think the way that mega churches or large churches are combating that are would be breakout groups, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, which again, again, you're not probably getting a key leadership position, um, mm -hmm. but you could, you could lead a group. And I, I honestly mm -hmm. think that it's always going to come down to breaking it out into small communities. Yeah. So, and, and I think the key uh, that I would, what I would challenge uh, churches to think through is that atten millennial attenders need to feel like owners right. as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, and there's a lot of different ways to do that. And I think the, the quicker you figure that out, knowing that a millennial is not going to be content just sitting in a pew, connecting with some friends, being in and out. They want something bigger than themselves. Absolutely. I think the, the, the quicker you're going to get that sticky point, that, mm-hmm. that millennial that says, I found a place to call home. Yeah. So. And I would even add like the whole, I think justice initiatives are going to have to be seen. And I think more holistically, like not just caring about like, is this person saved? You know, do they accept Jesus? Like, you know, the whole altar call Mm -hmm. mentality. Well, yes, I'm not saying that's not important. That is very important, but it's not the whole thing. There's this whole two other thirds that, you know, make up this person. Are their needs being met? Are they hungry at night? Are there, do they have shelter? Like Mm -hmm. the most basic things. And so I think it's going to have, when I think of an ideal millennial church, I think of a church service that encompasses the whole person, Mm -hmm. all their needs, not just the spiritual side, but the emotional, psychological, and physical sense of that person. Is it, yeah. is it safe to quote scripture right now? Oh, oh, you may. This okay. is the Church Misfit right. oh, Podcast. Right, 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 right. But believe it or not, we do love Jesus. And we love the Bible. <laughs> so go ahead. All right. So I love, uh, everybody knows Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Yeah. You know, that we've been beaten over the head with that. You know, for by grace, we've been saved through faith. And this is not of ourselves, mm-hmm. but it's God's gift so that no man can boast. But how many people know 210? And I really think this is the answer. I feel like the church has done a great job with doing Ephesians 2, 8, 9, mm-hmm. getting people to understand who Jesus is, bringing them in, just like what Caitlin was saying, that altar mm-hmm. call mentality, mm-hmm. bringing people in. We've done a great job. But then Ephesians 2, 10, no one knows it. No, I mean, obviously people know it, but it's just not I'm preached not on very you said that, and I, I was like, what is Ephesians yeah, yeah. Okay, you gotta give me, you going to make me look it up, or are you going to give me Ephesians 2, 10? i got to tease it a little bit. Okay, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> but we were made... In God, for God's workmanship uh-huh. to do good works, uh-huh. something like that. I'm pretty close. <laughs> yeah. uh, but and and we we just no people don't preach that because that's not the popular side of things. Is mm-hmm. to, to understand that we were made to work, but I do think our gener- our generation is looking to work. That's good. So. Yeah. That's good. Well, there, there's a lot more we could take from this, and I hope you know if you're if you're listening, you're watching. I, I hope what you're taking from this, even if you're not you're thinking, I'm not going to shake my church around just one generation. Mm-hmm. I think the things that we're talking about here appeal to every generation. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to be at a place where they feel more connected, where they feel like right. their their purpose in being there is magnified, is clear. They're not just an attender. They are an owner to mm-hmm. a greater mission. And like, those are the things that get anybody excited. So I yeah. think in, I think the big takeaway here is in, in trying to rework your strategy to focus on the younger generation, you're going to end up enhancing your strategy to reach all generations. So, yeah. anyhow, uh, man, that was good. Appreciate you guys coming on. We'll uh, we'll have to hit this back. up uh, hit this up again soon. So, thanks, guys. Hey, thank you. For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.